Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. Come on, let's honor God in this place. If you came to hear a man other than Jesus, I'm not it. Every head bowed, every hand lifted. Come on. He's worthy. Lord, we, we love you. We welcome you in this place. This is my Holy Spirit. Jesus. 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 Come on. Tell him. He's welcome. Come on, he can have his way. Can he have his way today? Yeah. Jesus, we love you. It's all about you. It's all about you. I I thought this was just um, going to be something that we prayed about this morning. But while we're in rehearsals... Um, and, I, and we were singing the second song, which, of course, the name escapes me. It's fine. But I got the word identity, and I thought we're just going to pray about it, but now it's so strong. And so I just want to take a second. Uh, you can bow your head and close your eyes if you want, but I feel like that's a word for somebody who's struggling with identity. Um, I don't know if it's like um, you don't know who you are, maybe, and you're searching, doing all these things to try to fill what you feel like is going to make you who you are. Maybe either that's by a vocation, like your education is going to make you who you ought to be, or the job that you have is going to make you who you ought to be. Um, I'm not sure who it's for, but I can just tell you right now that God doesn't want you to have that. Uh, Your identity should only and ever be found in who God says that you are. So is is that anybody? Would anybody be able to raise their hand and say, yeah, I think that's, oh, okay, yeah. Can, oh, behind me. Oh, okay, cool, cool, two people. Will you guys, can you guys come up here? I want to pray. I'm going to lay hands on you and pray. Uh, But is there anybody else? I really felt super strong. Maybe there's like one more person. Oh, come on, Macy. That's okay. Come on. That's good. Hey, listen, what I love about this is that, like, we are, a, we are a transparent church. We like to take this from transformation. We're humble, open, and transparent. We're a hot church. So it doesn't matter, like, it, that these people here today, the next time it could be you. This just means that they're going to be open to the opportunity to take more of what God has for them. Amen? So if there's anybody else for that word of identity, like, I just encourage you to come. Amen. Let's just... Um I was really seeing like people praying with her, so let's let's release our faith as she prays over them right now. You can uh, extend your hands if you like. Um, if you're comfortable enough, you can come up here and pray with them. I'd actually like the prayer partners to do that. Where are my prayer partners at? you, Lord, for what you're doing. Come on, let, let every false word, every false idol, anything other than, God, what you have destined for them in their heart, just be wiped away right now. Come on, can we just release heaven to fall fresh? Let's pretend like this is your family member, this is your brother, this is your sister, your mom, your uncle, your aunt. Just release heaven to fall fresh right now in Jesus' name. Come on. There it is. There's more. It's power. Power from heaven falling fresh right now. Let's thank God for what he's doing up here. Come on. Don't get distracted. Don't miss this. There's something special happening. God's moving in the room right now. 
Come on, if you don't know what to do, you need to thank God right now. If you don't have anything else to say, if you don't have a prayer to pray, thank God. Thank you, Lord, that you're not dead. Come on. You know what, as a matter of fact, it occurred to me, if, if you have a need in your body, uh, whether that be physical ailment, if, you are, if, if you're dealing with pain in your knees, uh, you need to be up here because the Lord wants to give you freedom. If you have pain anywhere in your body, you need to get up here. We want to pray for you. God wants to, God wants to bring healing. Is there somebody here with hip pain? Maybe it's your left hip. Right hip, hip pain, anybody? Hip pain, yeah, you. Can you gather around her and just pray? You don't have to come up here. Right now we release healing over her hips. Get her. Thank you, Lord, Jesus, for what you're doing. If you have pain in your body right now, can you just lift up your hand where you're at? Anybody, pain in your body? We got uh, back here. Would you guys be willing to surround them? And pray over them and release healing. Come on, right now, let heaven fall. Jesus said pray to have God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. There's no, there's no pain in heaven. There's only healing in heaven. If you've got a word to release to somebody right now, if you need to repent, if you need to, if you need heaven in your heart this morning, don't wait another minute. Just call on the name of Jesus. You don't have to hear a nice sermon to get saved. All you have to do is just confess Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that he is the king of kings. He is coming back for you, for his kids. He loves you so much. Don't spend another moment without him. How are the, how's the hip, guys? Can we check the hip? Dan? Man, she's getting touched. She's getting touched. That's all right. Yeah, the Lord's touching her. If you're hungry for more, all you have to do is cry out for it. He's a good father. Anyone else? Do you have any pain in your body? Any needs? Testimonies? All right. How bad was it? you want to testify? Only if it's gone. Is it all gone? Come on. This couple back here is really getting touched. I can see uh, fire and glory right now. How's the pain? Is it gone? Not yet? Okay, they're going to keep praying. Just make sure it gets better and not worse. All right, guys? Holy Spirit, we love you. 
Come on, let's just honor him. Thank you so much for your healing virtue, for your, your magnificent and wonderful presence. God, you are so good to us because you didn't shout your love from heaven. You showed us. You sent your son for us, God, when we were still wretches, like literally, God, dead in our sin. You rescued us. You saved us when we were so far away from us. We didn't know you. We didn't do anything to deserve that kind of love. We could never, God, we could never break the shackles and the bondage that we were enslaved to by our own sins, by our own selfish and sinful desires. There wasn't a price that we could accumulate to pay to set us free. But you shed your blood for us. And it was enough. It was enough for past, for present, for future. And you decided that you didn't care. You decided that you're that you would stay true to your unconditional nature of just being who you are, loving us, loving the world. You know, that's you. That's all of us in here. For God so loved the world that he thought you and I were worth dying for. You just ought to tell your neighbor, that's you. You were worth dying for. I know it doesn't make any sense. It's literally incomprehensible. But the price, the sacrifice that Jesus paid was for you, for you and I, for every single person who might believe. Jesus said, I don't just pray for the people that believe in me. I pray for all the ones who would ever believe in me. Is that you? Is there any person in here who would say, that you don't believe, but you want to. Would you raise your hand? Would you lift it up? I'd just like to pray for you. Is there anybody in here? Maybe you're watching online and you say, that's me. I just need you to comment so we can connect. You say, right now I'm far away from Jesus, but I, I want to be close. I want to be a part of the family. If that's you, just slip your hand up right now where you're at. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe somebody watching online. I feel the call. I feel heaven shining down upon you if that's you. And it's beckoning. It's like, it's like a father who's lost their son or their child, their daughter. He's saying, I want you back home with me. I love you. You know, that's the father's love for his kids. He doesn't treat you with respect or with love because you deserve it but because you're his, you're his family. He loves you because you're his family. God loves you because you were destined to be his family. Each and every single one of us, we were created in his image and his likeness, but not for a job, not for a mission, not for a life of doing God is not so much concerned about what you do as he is as much concerned about what, where you are, your relationship with him. It's everything. And if you hear nothing else this morning, I pray that Holy Spirit conviction would fall and follow you all the days of your life to know his love is for a relationship. If you get nothing else, I pray that Pray that stays with you. Because the manifestations we see in the spirit, you know, of his love on display, like healings or like words of knowledge that God's like, hey, like, I see you where you're at. It's, it's to let you know that he cares about you. And, and I'm reminded of, of what uh, Bill Johnson, Papa Bill, is, is so um, fondly referred to talked about how Jesus never rebuked people for, for chasing his hand. Or in other words, like you can seek a handout from somebody who has something to hand out. But the design was that we're to seek God's face. 
the the funny the funny um, uh, issue with seeking the face of God is that we're told in the Old Testament that if anybody would see God, he would perish, he would die. So why? How could we be commanded? Why would we we be commanded to seek the face of God if if when we see it we die? Well, he he went on to explain. He said because every time that we encounter God's presence, and isn't this so true? Every time that we encounter his presence, something that was never meant to be alive dies on the inside of us. A part of you that was never, you ever, you ever get in that place where you're, where you're so selfish and you do something that, that, that it is a betray, betrayal or it's hurtful, whether to you or to those around you, and you, and you regret it, right? And you're like, why, why is it that the things that I do, I don't want to do, but the things that I don't want to do, I do? And we see all about that in Romans, right, from a guy who wrote, who God used to write over half of the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, right? He was, he was Saul, Saul the accuser. And this guy finds out what surrender looks like. Nevertheless, not I who live, but Christ, Right? I truly am convinced that one of the most important things that we can do is, is seek his presence. Not because it's a feeling that we need, but because the design, the design was for intimacy. You guys remember way back in the garden, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to what I want to talk about here in just a second. but somebody needs to hear this because the design, when, when God created heavens and the earth and everything was perfect, right? God doesn't do mistakes. So first off, you should know you're not a mistake. Like you're here on purpose with a purpose, right? Come on, say, I've got a purpose. You have purpose. God doesn't make things by, by accident. And yes, we live in a fallen and a cursed world now and Satan hates your guts because you remind him of, of something that he can never have. He can never have closeness with the Father. So back, way back in the beginning, God creates mankind in his image and his likeness because he wanted family. Love needs a way to, to, to love, to express itself. Thank you, Pastor. Love needs a way to express itself. Families don't have... You don't have children because you want slaves or servants or because you need somebody to praise you and, and tell you how great you are. And if you do, then you're, you're mistaken. That's not right. So in other words, God didn't have and create a family so you could praise him. That's not, your, that's not your purpose in life. Yes, we praise God and worship him with a lifestyle of surrender. But when God created mankind in the garden, the design was for intimacy. Thank you for that one Amen. Your purpose is for a relationship in order that you could know God and be known by him. And that's what Paul went on to write. Even, even though he said, you know, I used to do the things that I don't want to do and the things that I do want to do, I don't do. Now I've decided that everything that I have in life, I count as lost compared to what? Knowing Jesus. And Jesus said, this is eternal life. When you die and go to heaven, no. That's not in the Bible. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I, did I just step all over your theology? <laughs> Eternity is not something that, that takes place once you die and pass on to the, the next age. We are eternal. Remember how in Genesis it says that we're made in the image and likeness of God? So if God is a spirit, that means we're made in a, a spirit. And we have a body that we live in, that the spirit dwells in, and we possess a consciousness, like a soul, like our, our mind, our will, our emotions. That being said, together, together with that package, the thing that goes hand in hand with it is the fact that he, since he is eternal, so are we. The question is this, not as to if you will live forever, but where you will live forever. And not necessarily just where you will live forever, but how you will live forever. Because either I'm going to live in eternity with him, with my creator, or I'm going to live without him. Can you guess where living without God is? It's a place called hell. It's a place where the fire never goes out. The worm never dies. You are 
more alone than you've ever known to be is the way it's described by people who die and go to hell, but God rescues them from that pit. And they literally wake back up. You can YouTube it. It's, it's wild. Believe me or don't believe me if you don't want to, that's fine. I'm just telling you everything that, that I've seen, that I've heard, that, that bears witness with my spirit. So, so the importance of all of this is because we have been tra- following this way, right? And it, it's so fitting that we talk about a way forward. Um, I really felt impressed in my spirit to start releasing this word that we, we got in prayer about a way forward uh, the week before last. And um, it's so fitting because after Jesus left the earth, Holy Spirit came, and they were filled with power. And all of a sudden, believers everywhere would be asked the question, do you follow the way? Or at least according to what we, we find in um, history um, text. We, we don't see it um, really anywhere in the New Testament that I, I can think of or that I remember of. But what's so perfect and so fitting about that is what Jesus said in John 14, 6, that I am the way. Why don't you turn there? Did you bring your Bible this morning? Did you get it? Have you opened it up on your phone yet this morning? His words are life. Jesus is leaving the disciples, and he says, don't let your heart be troubled. Verse 1, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, or many rooms is better, better translated. If it were not so, I would have told you, because I'm going to go prepare a place for you. So if I go prepare a place for you, verse 3, I will come again and receive you myself. Come on, he's coming back. And where, and where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And at this point, Thomas is, is as confused as the rest of them. And he asks the question that they're all thinking, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way. Furthermore, he says, I am the truth. And to really make matters settled, he said, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And you guys, this has been the age-old question for over 2,000 years now, 2,000 years now as to whether or not Christianity is valid, as to whether or not following Jesus is the only way to possess and have eternal life, as to whether or not there is any credibility or any um, <laughs> any value and uh, uh, um, truth in, in, in this. A, a book that is filled with, with words that were written thousands of years ago that are hardly relevant to the life that you and I face. This is the question that people have been asking for years. The Dark Ages, right? We, we've, we've heard about it throughout history, and we're getting, well, I don't know if I should say that, but, where we are now is dark as well. And you're foolish in the world's eyes for trusting in a way that can hardly be only one way when I can do whatever I want. There are so many things, so many ways. And so what is this to me? It's, it's the way to eternal life. It's the way to life. It's the, the only way that is worth living for me. And I know for so many of you in here, this is true as well. And last week I was talking about how God proves himself over and over again, even when there are lapses. How many of you guys have ever gone through a, a time in your life, a period um, where the trials go from like out of the frying pan to in the fire? Like you thought one incident, one life lost 
was bad enough, but things got worse. And many times in life, we feel like that. And, and feelings are meant to be felt. They're just not meant to be the end all. Do you know that? That, like, it's okay to feel depressed. It's okay to feel anxious. What's, what's not okay is, is to live there, to stay there, because that's not the life you were created to live, right? If we were created to live the God kind of life, and Jesus said in John 10, 10, the life that I came to give you, and, and I must, again, emphasize that, God is, that Jesus wasn't speaking to a room full of skeletons. Jesus is speaking to a people that are, are breathing. Take a breath. So, so this, is, this is each and every single one of us. And Jesus said, the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10, 10. We, we've heard it over and over again. But he's speaking to a room full of alive people. So this has got to apply to us. He said, I came that you can have life. Well, if the people were breathing, aren't they alive? No, they couldn't be alive because the breath of life, Holy Spirit, hadn't come yet. And so as soon as we acknowledge Jesus as Lord, not as Savior, and again, this, this will mess up your theology because the world is, con- I, should, I don't know that I should say the world, but I've heard a lot of people that are very convinced that you must ask Jesus to save you and you will be saved. But Romans 10, 9, and 10 doesn't say that. It says if you confess Jesus as Lord of your life, you'll be saved. And lordship is an entirely different uh, kind of government, if you will, in application to king, king and kingdom, than democracy, which is a life that you and I have been raised to believe in because we get to choose everything we do. And, and there is no love without choice, period. So within that, the only reality for, for salvation can be surrender. So in this, the, the context of John 10, 10, when he is speaking to believers, the reality of surrender already existed because you remember what they called him. Master, Lord, teacher, rabbi, right? It, it was, it was this, this reality of they had literally left everything they had to follow him. And so a way forward is I leave my preconceived notions. I leave my past experiences, right? Forgetting what's behind us. Or, or like Isaiah prophesied, do not remember the former things. Behold, I'm doing something new. It doesn't look like you thought it was going to look like. I'm not where I thought I was going to be, right? What has happened to me has caused me to feel like I am in, 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 stuck in quicksand. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. The thoughts, the, the overwhelming depression and anxiety, and, and you're laying in bed and you can't fall asleep because it's just like, it's like a cloud that's following you around. It's like Eeyore. And I can't seem to get out from under this cloud. And Jesus said to Martha, John chapter 11, I was convinced it was Luke. I like searched for like 10 minutes last night that the story of Lazarus was in Luke. But it's in John. John chapter 11. And Mary and Martha, they summon Jesus. The story of Lazarus, if you're not familiar with it, wonderful story. Terrific, terrific ending, not so great beginning. Come on, how many of you can bear witness with that reality? Where you are right now is not so terrific. But Paul said, I present to you that the suffering that we endure now is not worth to compare that the glory that we will inherit and receive and share with Jesus for eternity. And which one of us would trade the life that we live now and compare your 60 or 70 or however long you live to the life that we could share with him forever? Can you compare 60 or 70 or 80 or $100 to 1000 You can. One's better than the other. So the life that we get to share with him forever is going to be better 
and, and can even now be better with, with the revelation. And revelation is, it goes beyond uh, um, feelings because it, it, it's that trust that, see, even though this ended in death for Lazarus, because when you read through um, John 11, Mary and Martha, they said, Lord, the one whom you love is sick. Come and pray for him. Like they had seen him do miracle and miracle again. Come on. We've all been there. You're right. You're probably right there right now in your life. How many of you guys need a miracle? How many of you wanted a miracle for something past and it didn't come? Mary and Martha, they don't get the prayer that they were praying for. Lazarus dies. But it's so funny because at the beginning of the chapter, verse 5 or 4, John chapter 11, verse 4, Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, and he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. He says, let's go to Judea. But he waited a couple days before he went to Judea. Well, Lazarus ends up getting sick and dying. And verse 14, Lazarus is dead. Because he was trying to tell them that Lazarus is dead, and they thought he was saying that he was asleep. It's a, it's a really funny story. Funny in one sense. Certainly not while you're living in it. How many of you guys can ever say that that's a reality for where you, you know, were 10 years ago or five years ago? You looking back, it's like, wow, like you see so many different things that God was doing through the midst of it. Come on, because he's always moving. He's always working things out. Uh, Romans, right, 828, that we're so fond of uh, quoting. He works all things together for my good. But I have a really tough time believing that when it feels like I'm going through hell, you know? Am I the only one? Thank you. Appreciate that. He said, I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there that you may believe. Wait, 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 what? You're glad that you didn't pray for him so he could get healed? And now you're telling me he's dead? I mean, talk about a real, like, head turner, like, is this the same guy I was following yesterday who, who raised somebody from the dead, and you could have healed Lazarus, but you didn't, but I'm glad that he's dead. Something to understand here, something to, that, that's important, and, I'm, and we're still progressing for a way forward. Some things have to die first. Remember how I was talking about parts of you that shouldn't even be alive? And, and so your, your will is something that's so important to die each and every day. Uh, and, and Paul said that. He, he, he released that, 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 um, that word to um, ooh, the Galatians, maybe. Um, he, said, he said, I die daily. Maybe the Corinthians. I die daily. What does dying daily mean? I had a conversation with a guy one time, and he says, uh, I'm not into that cross thing. Because I told him, I said, if you want to follow Jesus, you have to pick up your cross and follow him. He's like, nah, I don't think so. I was like, no, 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 not literally. No, don't, don't, don't. Don't kill yourself. Die to your will. Die to what, what you think is the right way. Die to, die to what makes sense to you. Your job is to love, not to understand everything, not to make sense of everything. Your job is to, yes, other people are really important. They're equally as important. But I, I really am so concerned that without this without a love for God that is willing to die for him and 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 like really by the example that you live like just falling head over heels madly passionately in love with Jesus every day loving people is equally as important to that. I'm convinced you should love the Lord your God 
with everything that you have, he said. And the second is equally as important. I'm convinced that the reason he put loving God first is because that was supposed to come first. I, I say that because sometimes we get in these places where it's like we think that we're right. And right now, I'll just tell you that I've, I've been there a lot in my life. I've, I've, I have had a bad tendency in the past to become overly critical. And I'm telling you right now, this, this could so apply to this situation where they're like, Jesus, that's not right. Like, you're questioning God. That's not right. What are they doing? You're questioning. And, and, and it's easy to get caught up if, if in the ifs, in the ands, and the... The, the, the what's. For, forgetting that this is not going to end in death. And I don't know if that's going to make a lot of sense now. So I'll continue the story because Mary and Martha, Jesus finally shows up and they're like, Lord, why didn't you come? Why didn't you come? Verse 21, Martha comes out to meet him. And she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said, your brother will rise again. Martha said, I I know that he's going to rise again in the resurrection. Like, I know that you know what you're doing, God. But what about all that other stuff? What about why, why this happened and why that didn't and, and, and why they're doing that and why they're not doing that? And Jesus says, keep your focus on me. He said, I, I am the resurrection. I am the life. And he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And this really struck me. And I was, I was talking to you a little bit about this week, last week, but uh, I just felt impressed to kind of release this and go over this again this morning because we know, oh my gosh, yes, God is able. Through Christ, I can do all things. And it's like, it's like, God's going to move, but when? Right? God's going to move, but when? Keep asking this question. Like, I know God's able, because I've seen him do it before, but why is this happening? And I was, as I was in prayer this week, I, I had this, this revelation. I was, I, I was just seeking the Lord. So, you know, what is it? What is it about this way forward that you, you wanted to convey to us? You know, to progress, to build on, to, to go forward, right? A way forward. Like, humanity is really doomed without hope. And right now, we live in a very hopeless world. And so this is so important that, that you grab a hold of this by faith and just see that since Jesus is the way, that I'm just going to cling on to him. I'm going to hold on to him with everything I got because there's no other hope. There's no, there's no other foundation that I can stand upon because everything else is sinking sand, right? And, I, and I, I'm, I'm in turmoil over this because I, I, I said, God, I know you're going to move, but when, where, how is it going to happen? question. It's like harassing me. Anybody else? What what are you going to do about this, God? And all of a sudden, it was like I was at at the Red Sea. Like I see see Moses. And and at my back, there's a a pillar of fire. And there's chariots, charioteers. There's an entire army. and And I don't have a weapon. I'm defenseless just plundered Egypt, got sacks of gold, feeling pretty good until this, until now. (laughs) 
There's not a hit like the one you don't see coming. And Moses is over here in the water. Can you, like, give us some direction? Talk about leadership. Watch out now. Don't start. Don't shout me down yet. I'm not, I'm not done. I haven't got to my altar call. Come on. What is he doing? Where are we going? What's going to happen? And Moses hears the word of the Lord. And this ought to be a good key to take home. That ought to be a really good note to write down. He hears the word of the Lord. And secondly, he obeys. And first, I might mention he was listening. And if you're always busy, if there's always this going on, and you can't get quiet, you're not going to hear. Furthermore, I'll say this. If you're always paying attention to all the voices, and you're always seeking counsel, and and you're always looking for advice, you might miss what God's trying to say to you. I, I won't say that there's not safety in the multitude of counsel because Proverbs teaches us that. However, if, if he is not your counsel, which Jesus said, I will send the counselor, which is another word for Holy Spirit. Hello. Come on. He's our guide. He's our advocate. He's our counselor, our helper, our strengthener, our standby. You, you might miss it. The word of the Lord came and and it wasn't in the firestorm. You're looking for a sign right now, right? We're looking for God. Yeah, anybody? Where is he? I know you're able. Well, it's not in the firestorm. It it wasn't in the firestorm. It wasn't in the earthquake. You, You remember where God was. Way back in the back of the cave. In other words... Elisha had to stay there, summon his misery. He had to, he had to work it out, right? you got to go through where God has brought you to and quit trying to go around. And sometimes all it requires is just sitting down and being still. You want to know a way forward, the hope that we have in Jesus be still and know that I am God. That's another good point. But the thing that really took it home for me was this. Was that over and over and over and over again in Scripture, God used people. Because Moses didn't just sit still and do nothing, right? Right? What what were my points? That he listened and obeyed. I know it's really complicated. Obeying God. But here is the truth of the matter. And I'm I'm closing with this. Is that God wants to use you. Where is God? Living on the inside, roaring like a lion. God's not dead. He's surely alive. The question that we have to ask ourselves is whether or not are we going to allow him to live through us. And this is very divisive. Because you have some believers right now who believe that I have to social distance. That's okay. I have to wear a mask. That's okay. I have to abide by the government's rules. That's okay. Your job is to judge so much as it is to love. Yes, Jesus said we should judge the the fruits. Well, so what if people are trying to be safe and they want to save lives? I'm, I'm up here convinced that I cannot get sick and that I cannot be a carrier of sickness. So how could I, how could I um, possibly be contagious when I am a carrier of the living God? How can sickness have, have anything to do with something that's living? 
How can darkness have anything to do with light? I mean, read the Gospels, for goodness sake. It's right there in front of you. In Mark 16, Jesus said, I'm going to give you power over anything deadly. Well, flash back to the, the story. Uh, where were you when Lazarus was sick? This will not end in the death. What are you going to threaten me with, heaven? The only way this ends bad is if somebody who doesn't believe in Jesus dies. I'm going to say something that's, that's going to really, really throw you for a big one. You ready? It's a big wrench. The real issue here, I think, is probably that believers like you and I and if you don't want to say that's me, that's fine. If, if you're more holy than I am, I have more power to you because I've got issues. But it's that people like you and I hear, the, hear God saying, hey, go talk to that person. We're like, uh, who was that? Like, <laughs> like, you prayed a prayer this morning, like, God, you can use me. And he's like, hey, will you go? And you're like, <laughs> Satan, no, 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 no. They're stinky. That's not God, like. Uh, they look different, like racism, like, oh, like, mm, you know, they might think this, or like, ooh, they're, they're not wearing a mask, or they are wearing a mask, and it's like, I just, I just want you to release my love for them. Go, go tell them I love them. You're like, that's so flaky. Like, they don't need to hear that, God. Like, they already know that. People like you and I, who, who would call ourselves Christians, call ourselves believers, but yet, we, we can't trust, we can't obey, we can't listen, we can't follow the word of God. And yet we want God to move, but we, not, whoa, not through me. <laughs> That's scary. Where's my instrumentalist? Hey, there he is. That was good. You're good, bro. We're getting ready to do baptisms. And I just want to ask if there's anybody else here. I won't baptize you today. But if you want to get baptized, don't leave here today without letting us know, without getting connected. Furthermore, if that's you and you'd say that I hear God, but yet I don't move when he speaks. Um, there is no shame or condemnation in Christ Jesus. There is only opportunities and trust and help and growth. You know what? If you miss God, so do I. If for, if for no other reason God chose me, it's, it's that I can be like... <sighs> a sign in the road to help comfort you that there is hope because he's using me. And, and, and I, I fall. I do. I fall hard. I fall a lot. But I think what separates the immature and the adolescent from the, the mature is those who are willing to admit that they need help. And you know what's so cool about the family of God and about Jesus is that even if you only want help from today, he's cool with that. Even if you only want to live for him one day out of the week, he's cool with that. He's not, he's not just cool with that. He's thrilled with that. Why? Why would God settle for just one piece of your heart? Because it's better than none. Think about it. You've got kids. What is, what is separation from your, from your family, from your children? It's torture. <laughs> can, I, can I go way back to the beginning of when I started talking to you today? Because God wants to use you, and you have purpose with the life and the gift and the breath that he's given you. 
but it's not more important than you are to him. Your life mattered to God before you could ever do anything for him, or otherwise he wouldn't have went to the cross and suffered and endured the shame. My God. His love is for humanity before we could even say a word to him. And don't you know, that was true the moment I held my baby girl. Because that's, this is the, the mirror of heaven. That we love and care about our family because they're our family. And wouldn't you know, that's exactly what we have here this morning. This is family. I said, this is family. We have a, a, a thing that we have here. I've got it on the back of my phone. I told Caitlin, I said, I want to I get some, some really big lettering that says the future is family. Because in heaven, there's no, there's no denominations. There's no segregation. There's no color. I, I imagine we'll probably look much like we do now. But it, it, it's not about color. It's about that we, we are all one race. It's, we belong to the humankind race, right? We all bleed red. We all suffer, we all hurt, we all endure shame. And yes, for some it's worse. For some it's, you're dang right it's not fair. That's why God has, has given us this ministry of reconciliation to love and to help those who are in need. I guess I just want to leave you with this. Like, if you're in need, like, don't be too proud to ask for help. If you're ashamed, let's pray and let's curse that shame back to hell where it came from. I know you shouldn't say the word damn in church, but it just means to curse something. And damn it, because curse it. Shame was never, never supposed to be something that belonged in church, let alone a believer's hearts. Damn it, because I do, I curse it. Not because I can say that word or because I wanted to make you uncomfortable, but because I hate it. I hate that there are people ashamed to ask for help when they're, when they're, they're entrenched in bondage. It's not to give you or your children, please, permission to, say, to, to just say things that, that you shouldn't say. Words have meaning. When I pray, that's how I pray. I curse things. I hate Satan. I I hate his co-works. I hate the works of darkness. I hate how he's responsible for so much hurt. Because he'll use people the same way that God will. Like a nudge, like a thought. They don't deserve your forgiveness. That's hateful. You didn't deserve God's forgiveness. They don't deserve your love. You didn't deserve God's love either. Let's pray, guys. And if you want to um, get on your knees or come to the altar or lift your hands, I encourage you to do so. Because if at any point... God was speaking to you in the message today about a way forward, about asking for help, about being used by God, about being far away from him, about receiving his love. This message was for you. My God, if you are in bondage of shame, do not leave this place without receiving prayer. Can I get my prayer partners forward? If you you need to be set free from condemnation, from shame, if you need hope, if you want to receive hope for the way forward, following Jesus, if you want to follow Jesus, whether for the first time or for the hundredth time, do not leave this place the same. Do not move from your chair without knowing there is hope. There is hope in Jesus. There is always hope. 
There's always future. There's always success in Christ because he is the hope of glory. There is no other way except for in Christ, in Christ alone. Would you pray with me? With every head bowed and every heart surrendered. Jesus, we cry out and we call upon your name. Can you do that this morning? Jesus, come on, will you, can you call upon his name? Jesus, Jesus, Messiah, Master, Savior, Lord, we need you. Jesus, come on. Don't miss this moment for your salvation, for hope. He's promised, he said, today is the day for salvation. Now is your moment. Run up to this altar if you need hope. Run up to this altar if you need healing. Hobble if that's all you can do. But don't leave the way that you came in. If you need help, don't leave needing help. If you came in alone, this could be your family. You don't have to go to this church. But God's family is for everyone because there's always room for one more. Jesus We need you. Come on, can you tell them I could do nothing apart from you, Lord? Let's humble ourselves. If need be, lie prostrate before him because he is God and he is God alone. We are the, the sheep of his pasture. You are destined to belong to him, to live in communion with him. Come on, if that's you, don't miss this moment. If you need prayer for anything, He is here with arms open wide. Where my where my baptize at? Y'all ready? Come on. I think we ought to just celebrate what God's been doing. You know, freedom looks a little strange to people who are in bondage. Freedom looks a little strange to those that are in bondage. They're willing to get dunked underwater to confess that Jesus is Lord of their life. They're willing to publicly admit that Jesus is Lord, that they've made him Lord. You guys can get ready. Go ahead. I told him I was going to go get ready and go help him baptize, but... We're just going to transition as they, as they make their way over there. Because I know this is radical. I know that every, much of what I just told you is so, like, countercultural. And it's so even offensive. But there is so much hope in Jesus. And right now... They have made this choice. And so I just encourage you guys to witness life change through Jesus because it's so true. Watch their face as they go underwater. Watch as their countenance is changed after they come back up. Watch and see, even maybe with your natural eyes, that you could see the glory of God and his spirits fall upon these converts, these believers, those who have chosen to follow the way. And I'm telling you guys, if at any point you need anything, we don't have to stop and have an altar call or stop and pray a special prayer. You can just say, hey, I need help. I've been struggling with this. I want to get free from that. Hey, this person needs this. Hey, can you guys help with this? Whatever it is. So right now where you're at, I just um, ask you to make your way over to this side of the room and watch the glory of God. And let's celebrate, guys. Let's celebrate. Yeah, let's celebrate. Come on. Let's thank God for his faithfulness for the past 39 years. 
Let's thank God for, for each and every single life, and let's release heaven. Come on, make sure we're praying over these guys. Releasing heaven to come down as he gets ready to go under. And come back up brand new. Come on. Come on. All right, all right. Come on. Come on, can we give God some praise? Where there was no hope, we now have hope. Uh, just one last thing as we uh, close. I'll say two last things. Pray for, pray for these who are baptized today. Guys, this is serious. This public declaration of faith is no joke because it's, it's a target that you are literally putting on your, yourself. Last thing I'll say is that our beloved um, KP, old Kenny, Kenny P, is, um, he's... I, I can't say it. I don't want to say it. He's going to college tomorrow. And um, Kenny, should I tell him how you got here? <laughs> All right. Well, Kenny's been with us for four years. Have you been with us for the entire, just three? It's almost, it's basically three. Anyways, we love you, Kenny. Um, I just wanted to pray over you before you, you left because you're a family. Where's your mom and your sister? Get up here. You guys are family. He considers us his family. Yeah, well, I would, I would be hurt if he didn't. All right, Miss Steph. You're going to have to comfort us in his absence. Let us comfort you. Come on, girl. Get over here. Get on the other side of him. Let her by. There you go. Come on. Right here. All right. Let's stretch our faith out to this wonderful family. Where's my elder? David, somewhere. Um, God, I just thank you so much for what you're doing in our midst. And God, it's such a blessing to be able to send, send people out, but it's so hard. So hard, God. But you know what you're doing. You got him those scholarships, and you've you've been with him as you've been with us all the way. There's more. There's so much more for you, Kenny. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know where it's at. It might be there. It might be somewhere else. Afterwards, of course. I know you're gonna visit. But I bless you, my friend. My, my, my brother in Jesus, my little brother in the age. I speak uh, protection. Yeah. Father, I ask with this giant of a man that you put a, a rod of steel in his backbone, Lord, that with all the temptation that the enemy will throw at him, Lord, it will, it will be like water off a duck's back for Kenny. Because we've, we've, we've trained him, we've sown into him, but the temptations are real, Lord, and there will be many. And so I just ask you, Lord, to help him remember that you are Lord of his life, not this world, not the university, not scholarships, not football, but Jesus is Lord over Kenny's life. I thank you, Father God, that he'll come back to us victorious and not broken down. I thank you, Lord, that you'll, 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 you'll Bless him and strengthen him and cause him to fulfill your purpose in this university in Arkansas. Lord, that, that he will be a light in the darkness there, that he, he won't be afraid to be a witness of you everywhere he goes, Lord, and people will see him, they'll see his strength, they'll want to be like him, and they will follow him, Father. They don't know what we know, but Lord, we know that your life is in him, Lord. All these times, all this time, he hasn't gone back. And I thank you for him. I thank you that the strength that resides in him, I thank you for your strength that will keep him in all of his ways. And I thank you that the precious Holy Spirit 
Lord, will baptize him every day with fire and that he'll walk in that everywhere that he goes and people will be drawn to him, Father, because of the light that's in him. I thank you for these things in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let it be so. Guys, thank you so much for coming out to celebrate with us. We're so excited for what God is doing in each and every single one of your lives, and I pray that he does bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you. Service tonight at 6 o'clock. You guys know what it is. Come on, let's go. Love God, love people, and lead well. You guys are dismissed. Have a great week.